ஹரஜுன்ல وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الدين النصيحة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected on my kiram, brothers and elders Salatala's innumerable bounties and favors upon us And this is something we have to always keep reminding ourselves of very often at the beginning of any discussion this is the standard a reminder for myself for all of us to keep remembering the countless favors of allah taala and to keep making shukar for this the lessons of sabr and shukar of all times but perhaps in our lives more than previously this is a time for increasing both these very great ibadats both are very great forms of ibadat often our minds only go to external acts of ibadat when we hear the word ibadat and indeed all the external acts of ibadat are also very great very important very fundamental salah fasting and hajj and all the other various forms of ibadat tilawat of the quran sharif zikr dua all this is ibadat and very important and some of them are farz but just as there are these external forms of ibadat likewise they are very important and fundamental ibadat that pertain to the inner self and that is sometimes either not even realized not even known or if it's known it's hardly ever practiced in the manner that it should be practiced it's there you understand it we know that okay something like this to be done but whether it is done or not that's another matter and if it's done how it's done what extent of fervor is there in it what kind of importance is given to it so among the very very important internal ibadats because this is pertaining purely to the heart is the aspects of sabr and shukr and both these are such ibadats that at any given moment a person can be engaged in one of these ibadats because there isn't any condition that is devoid of being one of in two two situations either the situation is favorable or it is unfavorable there's no third situation there isn't anything like it's neither favorable nor unfavorable it's either a situation of health or there's some degree of some sickness it's not that there's neither any health and there's no any sickness it won't be happen that a person is neither sick at all and is not healthy at all also these two things can't exist at the same time neither that the person is in ease and nor is in him in any difficulty it's either one of the two or there's some degree of something 
So whenever there is anything unfavorable, that's a moment of sabr. The slightest aspect of anything unfavorable in the house of Rasulullah the lamp got extinguished, like a gust of wind comes, something, whatever. So out of the blue now it got extinguished. So it's a moment of some little inconvenience, because now in the dark somebody will have to go and switch it on again, light it again. And in that moment sometimes you can't even see where, what is kept. So it's an inconvenient moment. But as soon as that lamp got extinguished, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa recited, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, she was present, she was surprised because she thought that this is to be recited at the, because it's an expression of sabr. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon is an expression of sabr because one is submitting himself to Allah ta'ala. Inna lillah. We belong to Allah alone. If a person has passed away, upon his passing away we recite Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Something got lost, some harm, some damage happened somewhere. Whatever the difficulty might have been, some loss of some sort occurred. Inna lillah. We ourselves belong to Allah Ta'ala. And the person had passed away, he also belonged to Allah Ta'ala. So our entire submission to Allah Ta'ala, Inna lillah. Wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. We are going to be returning to him. The person has gone, he's returned to Allah Ta'ala. We are also going to return. On the one side, it is this complete submission to Allah Ta'ala. And then simultaneously, that this is a very deep consolation. That if this person has gone, we are also going one day. We are going to, inshallah, be united again. So, this expression of sabr, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam expressed the sabr on that lamp getting extinguished. So the Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu asked that you are reciting inna lillah on this. So Nabi Islam said, Kulluma asa al-mu'min fahuwa musibatun. Whatever inconveniences a mu'min, that's a musibat. And upon a musibat, the person should express sabr. And he gets the great rewards of sabr. It's a great ibadat. And any situation of something favorable, he expresses shukr, alhamdulillah. From the depth of the heart, alhamdulillah. Our sabr is also sometimes just from the corner of the tongue. And our shukr also is from the corner of the tongue. Whereas these are primarily ibadats of the heart, which are then expressed with the tongue. But it's primarily that the heart is submitting to Allah Ta'ala. In sabr, the heart is recognizing and acknowledging the favors of Allah Ta'ala. And the heart is from the depths of it is expressing that gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, Alhamdulillah. So now all the time we are in need of this, these are very great ibadats. Inna Allah sabirin Allah Ta'ala is with those who are the patient ones. Now can you imagine what a great ibadat this is? Allah Ta'ala's ma'iyyat. And Allah Ta'ala promises in the Qur'an Sharif, in shakartum la'azidannakum If you keep making shukar, I will increase my favors. This is the ibadat of the heart person is sitting in the masjid waiting for salah to start, he is just sitting somewhere wherever anybody sees him, they can't even see anything happening. So without any riya, no riya, nothing from the depth of his heart, he's engaging in sabr, engaging in shukar. Subhanallah, what tremendously great ibadahs. We need to train ourselves. We need to keep making ourselves conscious of this. To keep making shukar for all the innumerable bounties of Allah Ta'ala. 
And to the extent the shukr comes alive, the shukr is an antidote for many, many ailments of the heart, spiritual ailments. If there's true shukr, hasad will go away. Because you make making shukr, Ya Allah, you've given me more than I can ever count. Innumerable bounties. So now how can I ever look at what somebody else has and feel jealous of it when I have already innumerable things? And in any case, that to Allah has granted him. So how can I object to Allah Ta'ala? Now that's just one example of if shukar comes alive. Shukar comes within a person's heart in reality, greed will go away. If shukar is alive in reality, because greed is always that I don't have enough, I need more. I need that as well. But if I'm conscious of the innumerable things Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with, why may, would my eyes go always to something else and my heart go to something else? I always want something more. Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with countless things that will be so much already to start making sugar over this. I can't make sugar over it enough. So this is just some glimpse of how deep this ibadat of sugar is. But which we often either don't bring to mind, we are not conscious of, and we lose those numerous opportunities of expressing that shukar from the depths of our heart. And this is such a great ibadat. It connects one to Allah Ta'ala all the time. So Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we keep making the shukar, bringing alive the shukar in our own lives, in our homes, in our families. It's a constant reminder. And this is something we have been taught in the ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In every amal, person eats, person drinks, everything. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Repeatedly on every amal. So this ibadat of sabr and shukr, this is a constant ibadat. Either sabr, either shukr. Allah Ta'ala bless us with the reality of this. Nevertheless, the hadith sharif that was recited, this is a very, very concise hadith sharif. This is among the mu'jizas of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Among his miracles, the miracle that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was granted of being jawami'ul kalim. In few words he encompassed oceans of knowledge and this is one of those examples of those pearls of wisdom this entire hadith sharif constitutes two words only just two words is this whole hadith sharif and the depth in it is such that great personalities Imam Abu Hanifa he selected five ahadith he said the whole of deen revolves around these five hadith. Imam Abu Dawud selected four hadith. He said the whole of deen revolves around these four. They are common. And among those five that Imam Abu Hanifa selected, Imam Abu Dawud selected that four. The common hadith in those five, those four is this hadith sharif. Can we imagine that the whole of deen, the crux of it is being brought down to five hadith. And a personality of that knowledge, that depth, that understanding, and he is now condensing things. That you want to get the summary of the whole of deen, then if you bring these five ahadith alive, inshallah the rest of it, everything will fall into place. Because this sums up everything. Like for example, the first hadith that all these great personalities selected was, إِنَّمَا الْعَمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ Ikhlas. Obviously, everything revolves around ikhlas. Take ikhlas out of the equation, 
let alone anything else, a person's iman is not even of any iman. If he's saying the kalima without ikhlas, if there's no intention to please Allah Ta'ala and bring iman in Allah Ta'ala, then those words won't make him a Muslim. He'll be a munafiq. He'll be a hypocrite that he's expressing Islam, but in his heart he has got no iman, that ikhlas is not there. He's saying something with his tongue, but his heart is not believing in it. So this is, now goes through everything. The person is performing any amal, take ikhlas out of it, it's worthless. So like that, this particular hadith sharif as well. Now such a deep meaning is involved in this, that some have called it rub'ul islam. One quarter of islam. And how many words are there? There's two words in this hadith sharif. It's called quarter of islam. Because it's one of the four hadiths that these great scholars have selected that this is the crux of the whole of deen. So the two words, the first word is ad-deen. Ad-deen, we all know the meaning of ad-deen. And the second one, an-nasiha. That too is such a commonly used word. It's used even in English. person talking and he talks a word, an-nasiha in between. He will use an Arabic word. Give somebody some nasiha. Now these are the two words in this hadith sharif. Ad-deenu an-nasiha. And the meaning of this is, that deen in its entirety is only well-wishing. Now, the word only well-wishing, this word being added in the translation, is due to the construction which comes out from the Arabic construction. This is not necessary to go into those details, but without that word only, that translation will be incomplete. It's hasar, it's confined to this. That deen is only well-wishing. Meaning take the well-wishing out of the whole equation, there won't be deen left. Take that well-wishing out, there won't be deen left. Now this word well-wishing also cannot do any justice to the word an-nasiha. It's a close, loose translation of the word. This is such a fundamental requirement in deen. Nasiha. Well-wishing. Here actually it refers to, one meaning in this is, this well-wishing is only really well-wishing in terms of deen, if there is khulus in it, ikhlas. In the Arabic use of this word, when a person would clean up the honey, now he's extracted the honey out of the hive. And now after having extracted the honey, some things got left in there, some pieces of the wax got left in it, whatever. So now he extracted all that wax and left that honey pure. So this word used to be used in that context, nasahtul asal. That I have now purified the honey. This word was used in the original Arabic usage for that meaning. That I have left the honey pure. I have taken out all the dirt, whatever else, pieces of the wax. Everything is out. It's just the pure honey left. That purity, that complete sincerity, that khulus, that take that khulus out of that nasihat, take that sincerity out of that advice, is not advice. It's something else. It's some ulterior motive involved. It'll only be advice, it'll only be well-wishing if there is this khulus in it. There is this purity in it. 
There is a sincerity in it. Now this khulus and this sincerity, this well-wishing is such a fundamental thing and such a such an important aspect that if a person, no matter how shariat might excuse him in certain matters, he is never ever excused from this. What does this mean? To understand it in the light of the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions about those categories of people who are excused. لَيْسَ عَلَى الضُّعَفَاء وَلَا عَلَى الْمَرْضَى That those who are very weak and feeble, those who are ill, وَلَا عَلَى الَّذِينَ لَا يَجِدُونَ مَا يُنْفِقُونَ And those who don't have the means to uh, spend and to equip themselves to go out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, to go and fulfill the requirement of deen. So now, these are categories now, Allah Ta'ala is saying, there is no haraj upon them. There is no sin upon them. They are not going to be taken to task. Why? Because their circumstances are such that they are excused. The person is very sick. The person is ill. He is very weak and feeble. He just doesn't have any means. So now Shariat has excused him. But that excuse is confined to a condition. That they are excused. إِذَا نَسَحُوا لِلَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ The excused provided there is one condition fulfilled. Provided that إِذَا نَسَحُوا That same nasiha. Provided that they are sincere between them and Allah Ta'ala. They have this well-wishing. Well-wishing for deen. And they are sincere with Allah Ta'ala. Then they are excused. Otherwise, they are not excused. Now to understand it in a context that's closer to us, sometimes a person can't make it to the masjid. Why he can't make it to the masjid? Because he's very sick. Whatever the circumstances are, for some reason or the other now, he can't make it to the masjid. So now because the circumstances are such due to illness, due to some whatever situation there is, which Shariat regards as valid. So now he's excused because now he's sick. To that extent where he can't even get to the masjid. But now when he is excused by shariat, the issue will be to still see what's in the heart. That in the heart, if there is this sincerity in it, that I would have gone to the masjid. And it is really now my loss, my deprivation in a sense. So Allah Ta'ala will reward him according to his intention that I can't make it. There is a sense of grief. There's some feeling of loss. There's a sense of that uh, feeling that I should have tried. I should have done more. But now I couldn't make it. Now that he's got this feeling in his heart, he's excused. But if he felt very convenient about it, well now I'm excused. So I might as well take advantage of the situation. If that's what the way that he had now approached this, he's not excused. Because that is nasahu lillahi wa rasuli, that nus, that nasiha, that well-wishing for deen, that sincerity with Allah Ta'ala, that is gone now. Because now he found it convenient. He found it, well, this just suits me now. 
So now that excuse is no more valid. He still can't make it and he's still not excused also. Now this is how fundamental this nus is, this nasiha. That he is ill, he got excused. Whatever he got excused, but the nasiha didn't get excused. That didn't fall off. That is something he has to maintain. Now what is this nasiha in the word that is used generally in the sense of advice? So deen is well-wishing. This is also part of that well-wishing, advice. Advising somebody. So advising somebody in all the various things of life. Obviously right at the top of the list advising somebody about deen, getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. But again coming to that meaning that was discussed, that advice will only be advice, it will be nasihat, provided that there is that khulus, there is that ikhlas. And the other meaning of nasiha is, in the Arabic usage of the word, it comes from something that means to sew, or the clothes, something tore. Now the person, he takes a thread and needle and thread and he sews it. So that is the Arabic usage of the word nasahtu sawb. That now I have sewn this garment. But the same word is used, nasahtu. From this, the muhaddisin extract that meaning that nasihat is nasihat when it is being a means of joining. Sometimes the kind of advice that is given is meant to break. So that advice must be such that it joins. It joins the servant to his rabb. It joins people to one another. Joins parents and children. It joins brothers and sisters. It joins spouses. Sometimes somebody, something happened, now everybody wants to give advice. But what kind of advice? Sometimes that advice becomes disaster. The type of advice, it tears people apart. Now somebody is being advised, but now the advice is, no, no, you can't expect people to take advantage of you all the time like this. You must fight back. Show the person a point. Now, sometimes the person has to take steps to protect himself. He has to take steps to prevent zulm from himself. All these things have its place. And it has its procedure also. But the manner in which an advice can be given, one is to protect oneself from zulm, to protect one's belongings, to protect one's honor, all these things are in its place. But the other is that whether my honor gets saved or not, whether my possessions are protected or not, but I will now do what I can do to show the next person a point. So that now hasn't become an issue of now looking after myself, that has become a different issue. So now this happens sometimes and unfortunately, sometimes the most happy occasions become very problematic in homes, in families, it's now a nikah, sometimes it's maybe the occasion of Eid, somebody, somebody's child was born, these are all very happy occasions, these happy occasions become very complicated. These very happy occasions become extremely complicated sometimes. Because how is something to be done? Everybody has got their advice. But that advice is not geared towards bringing together. I must have my say. 
whether in that process, whatever happens, who, whatever, it splits people apart, anything happens, that doesn't bother me. But my shame must go, but now I will put that forward in a form of advice. This is how it should be done. But why it must be done like that? Because it suits me like that. So it suits me, therefore this is how it should be done. That's advice. But that advice is not what qualifies to be advice in the light of Sharia. The light of Sharia, that is advice which joins. It has sincerity in it and it joins. Not what tears apart. Yes, if sometimes somebody wants to join us or make us join with them in such a way that they want us to tear apart from Allah Ta'ala, that is not something that can be done. The primary joining is with Allah Ta'ala. The primary joining is with Deen. Then somebody else forces us in some other direction, they are tearing apart. We are still where we are supposed to be joined. That there is no compromise in that. لا طاعت لمخلوق في معصية الخالق. So in any case, coming back to this hadith Sharif, where Rasulullah Sallallahu says that Deen on Nasiha, Deen in its entirety is advice. So, just one few more points on this advice itself, since this topic has come up. Advice is such a thing that we should have the heart to give advice and the heart to take advice also, because this is a mu'min. He gives advice because that is well-wishing. And he's ready to take it as well. In giving the advice, one is the sincerity. If there's sincerity in the heart when that advice is being given, that is what will impact on the opposite side. If there's some ulterior motive, there's some personal agenda, that is going to impact accordingly. What is hidden in the heart Allah Ta'ala will bring it out in the open in different ways. The good also. The good that's hidden in the heart, the person out of utmost sincerity is doing it in a very, very subtle manner. But there's that good in his heart, Allah Ta'ala will bring that forth as well. In some way or the other it will come forth. The impact of it will come. And Allah forbid, there is some ulterior motive inside. There's some personal agenda. That too will come out. That too somehow will expose itself. This by Allah. Allah is the one that knows what's in the heart. Allah knows all the thoughts that cross the heart and mind also. Then together with that, there are some adab, some etiquettes of how that advice should be given. Now this is something that we all are faced with this all the time. A father with his children, husband with his wife, and with our extended families, in every sphere of life, some way or the other, we are faced with the situation of giving advice, needing to give advice to somebody. So there are certain things to learn from the Mubarak way of Rasulullah of how this advice is to be given. Among the things, just one or two points on this, one of the things that we learn from the Quran Sharif, when this advice is given, Whoever, that advice must be correct advice. And it must be from reliable sources. We say something, we mustn't just say it out of our imagination. Or just taking it from anywhere and everywhere. In the incidents of the Anbiya wasalam, when they address their people, Allah Ta'ala says, what, what was their 
claim and what they said amin. I am your well-wisher and together with that amin, a trustworthy well-wisher what I am saying to you is not something from my imagination it is from the most reliable source it is from the wahi of Allah so this being trustworthy taking from trustworthy sources and then passing on that which is authentic in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, Tafabil mar'i kadiban, ayyuhadditha bikulli ma sami'a. That this too is enough to make a person a liar, that he just relates anything and everything he hears. And especially in this zamana that we are, forwarded as received. So forwarded as received, that too applies in this Hadith Sharif. That Tafabil mar'i kadiban, ayyuhadditha bikulli ma sami'a. This too is sufficient for a person to become a liar. That he just keeps relating anything he hears. He keeps passing on anything he receives. No, no verification. No need to now check what's the source of this. So three quarters of the time, maybe 95% of the time, it doesn't even relate to us. There's no need to get into it. And there's no need to pass it on to anybody. That's where it should finish off. And if there is something of importance in it, Verification. How genuine is this? So in any case, this is one very important point. Then the other thing is, if we look into the life of Rasulullah his whole life was nasiha. And nasiha in every dimension, including the dimension of giving advice at every occasion. But what was his manner of advice? There's so many examples where when advice was given on a one-on-one -on -one basis and now we are in need of this all the time we have to give advice to our children we have to give advice to some relative we have to give advice to our students we have to give advice to somebody or the other somebody in the community somebody in our masjid you will find that Nabi Islam's manner was especially on these occasions when there was a situation of giving advice one-on-one -on -one, one is on a general note, everybody in the gathering is there. That had its own manner of advising. But when individual advice, it would always, of numerous examples, it would start off on a note of some sort of expression of muhabbat, of showing some affection. Nabi Islam is holding somebody by the shoulder, he's patting somebody's head, he's taking somebody by the hand. He is expressing muhabbat for somebody. In one hadith sharif, Muhaz ibn Jabal radiallahu ta'ala says, Nabi Islam took me by the hand. And then he addresses me, Ya Muaz, Wallahi inni la uhibbuk. By the qasam of Allah ta'ala, O Muaz, I love you. Can you imagine how that would have already melted his heart? And then Nabi Islam says to him, gives him one advice advice of one amal that Muaz don't ever leave out after any salah reciting this and making this dua Allahumma inni ala zikrik wa shukrik wa husni ibadatik now subhanallah what a comprehensive dua everything is filled in it and millions of people daily alhamdulillah would have learned this dua and would be making it after every salah and over the centuries Allah knows best how many millions, billions 
have been reciting this dua after every salah and all this came to us via Hazrat Muaz ibn Jabal radiallahu ta'ala and he passed it on with that fervor and what was the driving factor behind that fervor with which he passed it on that muhabbat with which it was given to him that muhabbat with which it was passed on to him that became the catalyst for his fervor in passing it on to the ummah and then millions and billions up to today have been reading it after every salah how many times in the day it would have been recited over the day by millions of people throughout the world and all this is now going back to Hazrat Muaz ibn Jabal radiallahu ta'ala and from him to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam but that muhabbat with which it was given now very often we want to advise but that advice starts off with an attack that advice commences with an attack now a person wants to fill something in a container zamzam mashallah there's no price that can be paid for zamzam beyond any price of dunya the whole world put together can't pay the price of zamzam mashallah what a valuable what a priceless drink that you want to pour in a container there's no no price that can be put to what he's giving but now before he can pour it into the container he pokes it and makes a big hole in it now he wants to pour mashallah that zamzam so where is the zamzam going to finish off so after when he looks into the container there's still nothing there and all just float away somewhere why because already before even pouring it there's a big hole made into it so very often we want to advise somebody so we have to we want to pour this priceless advice into the heart of the person but before pouring anything we already made a big hole in it because it started off with an attack so now that attack already made a big hole in the heart and now that advice is pouring being poured in nothing stays say but i told you 100 times but 100 times first made the hole also so now 100 times you make the hole and pour the zamzam too there's still no drop of it left inside so now this muhabbat with which rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam passed on this advice so the sincerity this well wishing in it this trustworthiness in that advice and this muhabbat in it and when a person is genuinely sincere about it, in that first point of that sincerity this will generate something further what that if a person is really sincerely wanting to give advice he has the well wishing of the next person at heart then before that advice and after that advice also he'll make dua for him whether it's a child whether it's a spouse whether it is that family person whether it is some person in the community whether it is anybody he wants to give some advice to somebody of whatever the issue might be whatever the issue might be he wants to give advice to him he'll start off between him and allah taala he make dua for him and then he'll make dua after it also ya allah this was what in my capacity by broken words but ya allah the heart is in your control and you are the one that gives hidayat hidayat is not my control allah i did whatever broken effort i could make but you are the one that grants hidayat he'll start off with dua and he'll finish off with dua also this will be testimony to the ikhlas and if there's some ulterior motive in it there's some personal agenda in it that dua won't come 
it will be very difficult to make dua at that time because already the whole thing is corrupted from inside. So he'll start off with dua for the person. That will be a sign of this being genuinely nasihat. So in any case, coming to the Hadith Sharif again, where Rasulullah Sallallahu addressed the Sahaba and they said, he said, Ad-Deenun Nasiha. Deen in its entirety is Nasiha. It's only Nasiha. Take this Nasiha out, there won't be Deen left. So Sahaba understood this fully. So they didn't ask any further detail about but what is this Nasiha and how do you, they knew what, what it means. They wanted to know now how do you apply it. Who is the person that is worthy of this Nasiha? Qalu liman ya Rasulullah. Who is the one that is worthy of this Nasiha? So Rasulullah Aslam explained and replied, Lillah wali rasulihi wali kitabihi wali a'immatil muslimina wa ammatihim. Starts off with this nasiha is for Allah Ta'ala. Nasiha for Allah Ta'ala. That having this khulus and sincerity with Allah Ta'ala. In which form, in which way? Bringing iman in Allah Ta'ala. Having total trust on Him alone. Not letting that trust waver from this end to that end. And putting that trust into things. The trust in Allah Ta'ala alone, complete yaqeen in Him alone, complete obedience and submission to Him, fulfilling what He has commanded, staying away from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden and prohibited, all this is part and so many other things that go along with this, all this is part of that nasiha for Allah Ta'ala. Then, wali rasulihi, for the Rasul of Allah Ta'ala, nasiha for the Rasul of Allah Ta'ala, Bringing Iman in the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. Then following his Mubarak way. Being a well-wisher for him will mean that we love what he loves. And we detest that which he detests. That way of life which he loved, we love. What he did not like, we will not like. And then there's a common saying... That the friend's friend is also a friend. I know somebody. And somebody else is his friend. I don't know the third person. I know this person very well. He's my friend. But the third person I'm not familiar with. But the third person is his friend. So automatically he becomes my friend also. Because he's my friend's friend. And then somebody else. I have no idea who that person is. But I came to know he's my friend's enemy. So now the friend's enemy, I don't know who's he, but he's my friend's enemy, my enemy also. So in one sense, that can be misplaced, but in another sense that is very, very applicable. In the sense that, those who are beloved to Rasulullah and those who love him, we love them also. But those who are the enemies of Rasulullah so if somebody is the enemy of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what is the dictates of this nasiha? That somebody who is the enemy of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and we have some space in the heart for their ways, those who reject him, those who na'uzubillah, they hurl insults against him, and we have some attachment for their way of life, for their preferences, 
Yes, as far as insan are concerned, we will we are commanded by Allah Taala to deal with all insan with justice and to have this well-wishing for every insan, the well-wishing that everyone must reach Allah Taala, and we'll deal with justice with everybody. In terms of the aspects of dunya, we'll show kindness to everyone. But in terms of the attachment of the heart and having attachment to somebody's ways. Then that, that is confined to what Rasulullah has given us. This is nasiha for Allah's Rasul That there won't be any attachment for the ways of his enemies. So walillahi, wali rasulihi, and all the various things that go along with that. Wali kitabihi, nasihat for the kitab of Allah Ta'ala. The quran Paak. The nasihat for the quran Sharif. The quran Sharif, its well-wishing is, being sincere with the Qur'an Sharif means that number one, to bring Iman in the Qur'an Sharif, to recite the Qur'an Sharif. Now can you imagine how fundamental this Nasiha is? And Nabi Islam is saying that you must have Nasiha for the Qur'an Sharif also. So now sometimes days pass, weeks pass, and the Qur'an Sharif was never recited. There were so many things read. Not pages, volumes read. But the Qur'an Sharif wasn't recited. So what is the khair khahi and what is that nasiha and well-wishing with the Qur'an Sharif left? So to recite the Qur'an Sharif, to learn the message of the Qur'an Sharif, to uphold the commands of the Qur'an Sharif, to pass on the message of the Qur'an Sharif, all this is part of to learn it, to teach it. All this is part of this well wishing for the kitab of Allah wa ta'ala. and then for the leaders of the Muslims the leaders of the Muslims the well wishing for them that whatever they are guiding us in terms of righteousness we take the guidance we follow them in the good that they are giving us we assist them in their work to try to uplift the deen of Allah wa ta'ala. we do whatever is in our capacity to try and assist and be part of that mission that they have taken in terms of the deen of Allah Ta'ala so that is part of this well-wishing for Allah Ta'ala and then for every single Muslim well-wishing for every single person every Muslim there must be that well-wishing in the heart if this well-wishing has come in the heart there is no hasad left there is no malice left all the ill feelings are gone. If there's well wishing, how can this be simultaneously in the heart? That now a person is wishing well for every single person. He's sincere with everybody. He cannot then be wishing ill for the person at the same time. So this is a very, very short hadith sharif, but it encompasses every single aspect of life. And everything that we need, everything that is required for us to bring into our practical lives, Whatever we should be having in our heart, everything is in this. Now this is a very, very comprehensive message that Rasulullah has given us, that this deen in its entirety is this well-wishing. Now a person who has this well-wishing for insan, this well-wishing for people, where is he going to give them taklif, where is he going to be hurting people, or be inconsiderate to people, he's going to be all the time, Conscious of this, that I must not become a source of any difficulty to anybody. I must not hurt people's feelings. I must not hurt them, cause harm to them financially, in any other way. Because now he's got this well-wishing. He 
He will not be planning and plotting how to do somebody down and then even brag about it and feel proud about it that how I took the person for a ride, he didn't even know what happened to him. And that becomes a, like a kind of like self-praise. Na'uzubillah, that I was so smart. Now where does that fit into this whole equation of having this well-wishing in the heart for somebody? So this is a very, very fundamental lesson. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we bring this deep down into our hearts. We bring this nasiha, this well-wishing, this sincerity, this advice for ourselves, for others, that we are all the time wanting this good for every single person and passing on that good solely for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala bless us with that tawfiq of sabr and shukr as well. Allah Ta'ala full our hearts with this nasiha. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين It's reported in the Hadith Sharif the person recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah what this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation Allah Ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous actions and save him from sin and inshallah this will become the means of this great honor so inshallah we should try to make this a part of our daily ma'amul our daily practice that we set aside some time and we recite this kalima hundred times very very consciously and inshallah we will get this very great blessing and benefit Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهن لا إله إلا الله 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 
الحمدللہ سبحان اللہ رب العرش العظیم الحمدللہ رب العالمین نسألوک موجبات رحمتک وعزائم مغفرتک والغنیمت من کل بر والسلامت من کل اسم اللہم لا تدع لنا ذنبا الا غفرته ولا همبا الا فرشته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا الا قضيتها ويسرتها یا ارحم الراحمین یا ارحم الراحمین یا ارحم الراحمین یا اکرم الاکرمین یا راحم المساکین یا ارحم الراحمین یا حی یا قیوم برحمتک دستغیف یا حی یا قیوم برحمتک دستغیف یا حی یا قیوم برحمتک دستغیف اصلح لنا شعدنا کلها اصلح لنا شعدنا کلها اصلح لنا شعدنا کلها ولا تکلنا الى انفسنا طرفت عہین ولا تنزع منا صالح ما عطیتنا ولا تنزع منا صالح ما عطیتنا اللہم ثبتنا على الایمان وامتنا على الایمان وحشرنا یوم القیامت مع الایمان یا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دینك یا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك ربنا حبلنا من ازواجنا وترياتنا قرة اعین وجعلنا للمتقین اماما وجعلنا للمتقین اماما وجعلنا للمتقین اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا واتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اله العالمين الله مصرف المصغريش مصكايد مصلي الله اله العالمين اوت اوف يور غريس اند مرسي الله فوجيف يا الله فوجيف اول او ميجد باي رسول يا الله اللہ العالمین تو اکنالیج آل در آنگز دیو دنیا اللہ there is nothing we can hide from you ya Allah but you are most ghafoor ya Allah you are most rahim ya Allah ilahu al-alamin you are ghaffar ya Allah you are sattar ya Allah you are arhamur rahimin ya Allah ilahu al-alamin you forgive us ya Allah forgive our families ya Allah forgive our friends and relatives ya Allah forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ilahu al-alamin show your maghfirat on the ummah ya Allah show your rahmat on the ummah ya Allah remove the pain and hardship of the ummah ya Allah blow the winds of hidayah ya Allah guide us and the entire ummah to all that which pleases you ya Allah 
save us and the entire ummah from everything that bring down azab ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah blow the winds of hidayat ya allah guide us all to the straight path ya allah guide us to your pleasure ya allah save us from everything that displeases you ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah give us a tawfiq of ya allah fulfilling our hearts with this messiah ya allah grant us that well wishing ya allah grant us the sincerity ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah enable us to perform our five times salah with jamaah ya allah grant us khushu and khudu in our salah ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah enable us to recite the quran sharif daily ya allah enable us to make your zikr daily ya allah fill our hearts with your remembrance ya allah remove all the ghaflat from us ya allah remove this heedlessness from us ya allah ilahu alamin let us be forever conscious of you ya allah grant us the nisbat of dawliya siddiqin ya allah grant us the quality of ihsan ya allah grant us ihsan in every facet of life ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah ya allah enable us to do ya allah enable us to fulfill ya allah the mubarak life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam grant us the love of his mubarak sunnah ya allah enable us to adopt the mubarak sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah save us from the ways of his enemies ya allah save us from following the ways of the yahud and nasara ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah all those who are sick ya allah give them complete shifa and afiyat ya allah those who are in any financial difficulties and hardships remove it with afiyat ya allah grant barakat in each one's rizq ya allah grant halal and tayyib rizq ya allah those who are in debt ya allah make that debt get paid off with afiyat ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah all those who are ya allah all those who have passed away make that complete maghfirat ya allah grant them the high stages in akhirat ya allah ya allah the time of our mouth ya allah allah take us with la ilaha illallah محمد رسول الله الله تيك اس اون توبه النسوح يا الله تيك اس اون ايمان كامل يا الله الله تيك اس ذا تايب يو بليز وذ اس بي بليز وذ يو يا الله بالله العالمين يا الله جرانت اس خطبه بالخير يا الله الله سيف اس من بعد ديث يا الله سيف اس من ديث ان كونديشن اوف سيف يا الله سيف اس من ديث ان بليس اوف سيف يا الله الله سيف اس من غوينج تو بليس اوف سيف يا الله سيف اس من اول حرام يا الله Allah alamin ya Allah Allah grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya Allah Allah alamin ya Allah Allah all those who ask us to make dua for them all those who have raised their hands to this dua Allah you don't know each one's needs ya Allah you don't know each one's cry ya Allah Allah alamin fulfill each one's joys needs from the ghayb ya Allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations ya Allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships ya Allah grant barakat in each one's rizq ya Allah Allah grant abundance of halal and tayyib rizq ya Allah save us from every drop and grain of grain of haram ya Allah save us from every drop and grain of doubtful things also ya Allah ilahu alamin ya Allah and all that we have asked for ya Allah grant it to us ya Allah whatever we have not asked for it should have been asking ya Allah without having asked it grant it to us ya Allah اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه